0: This podcast, brought to you by Anchor, is currently non-profit making and is based on the second edition coursebook on international history from 1870 to 1945 for Cambridge International AS level history. Hello podcast listeners, in the eighth series of my podcast, which will be running concurrently with the seventh series, I'll be speaking about the League of Nations and international relations in the 1920s. In this episode, I'll be visiting the topic of the League's work. The League of Nations had an agreement under Article X of the League's Covenant about collective security. This meant that by acting together and condemning aggression and defending the threatened country, war would be less likely. Some ways this was done was by 1. Moral condemnation, which involved publicly criticising the actions of the country which was behaving aggressively towards another country. 2. Economic sanctions, which basically meant stopping trade with an aggressive country so that their economy suffered and discouraged them from acting aggressively. Evidently, the League aimed at preventing future war. Firstly, the League would promote disarmament. It is stated in Article 8 of the League's Covenant, members of the League recognise that the maintenance of peace requires the reduction of national armaments to the lowest point consistent with national safety. Secondly, the League wished to abolish secret diplomacy. This is because its founder, Woodrow Wilson, believed secret diplomacy and the Triple Alliance and Triple Entente to be the main causes of World War One. Under Article eighteen of the Covenant, any future treaty entered into by a member state must go through the League of Nations. A third and final policy of the League I would like to introduce is arbitration. According to Google, arbitration is a form of alternative dispute resolution is a way to resolve disputes outside the courts. The disputes will be decided by one or more persons which renders the arbitration award. An arbitration award is legally binding on both sides and enforceable in the courts. As part of this aim, the League of Nations would investigate disputes and pass judgment. Now I will take a look at some of these disputes. Let's start with the disputes which were successfully solved by the League. Firstly, the Upper Silesia dispute between Weimar Germany and Poland in 1921. Both Poles and Germans lived in Upper Silesia as it is on the border, and there were many steel factories. The League oversaw a peaceful vote in 1921, and a li- region was divided between both countries. Secondly, the dispute between Sweden and Finland over the Åland lands, also in 1921. Both countries claimed that the Åland lands were their territory. Sweden claimed it was theirs as 90% of the population was Swedish. Finland claimed it was theirs as it was geographically closer and had belonged to Finland since its independence in 1917. The League decided that the Åland land should belong to Finland and Sweden accepted the ruling. Thirdly, the Stray Dog Incident between Bulgaria and Greece in 1925. Bulgarian soldiers mistakenly killed some Greek soldiers and Greece invaded Bulgaria the League demanded that both sides should stand down and Greek forces withdrew. Observers were sent to assess the situation and Greece was told to pay £45,000 in compensation. If the rulings were not followed, the League threatened to impose economic sanctions. You may be wondering why it was called the Stray Dog Incident. At the border crossing, a dog managed to escape from its leash and decided to go around the area. Its owner, a Greek soldier crossed only few steps into the Bulgarian territory to retrieve his dog, and he was shot on sight, and both sides began shooting at each other. Fourth, Memel in 1923. The region and port of Memel were placed under the control of the League of Nations. However, Lithuania claimed the region and invaded it in 1923. In its rulings, the League decided that the area around the port should belong to Lithuania, but that Memel itself should remain an international zone. This can be considered a success as it prevented bloodshed, but also a failure because the Lithuanians gained land by force. Fifth, the Teschen Incident of 1920. It was a dispute between Poland and Czechoslovakia, which occurred over the region of Teschen. The dispute was bad enough that the Czechoslovak-Polish War occurred between the two countries in 1919. In 1920, the League gave the northern part of the region to Poland, while Czechoslovakia received the coal mine, rich southern part. However, this led to poor relations between both countries for the next 20 years. Finally, the Yugoslavia-Albania border dispute, which occurred in 1921. Open warfare had existed between Yugoslavia and Albania, and Yugoslav troops entered the Albanian territory in November 1921 due to ongoing disputes. The League of Nations sent a commission consisting of those from Britain, France, Italy and Japan to investigate the border dispute. The League of Nations found it in favour of Albania, and despite complaints, Yugoslavia had no alternative but to withdraw its troops. Let's move on to some disputes which were solved much less successfully. Firstly, Poland and Lithuania. During this incident, a private Polish army took control of Vilna, the capital city of Lithuania. The League decided that Poland was the aggressor and they were told to withdraw. However, Poland refused and the British and French did not send troops to enforce the League's decision. Secondly, the Corfu Crisis of 1923 between Italy and Greece. While investigating a border dispute between Greece and Albania, an Italian general, Tillini, and his men were killed. Mussolini blamed the Greeks and ordered soldiers to occupy Corfu until Greece apologised and paid compensation. The League condemned Italy as the aggressor, but Mussolini refused to listen. He asked the Conference of Ambassadors to resolve the Corfu crisis, and Britain and France gave in to his demand to resolve the issue outside of the League. Thirdly, the 1920-21 Treaty of Riga. In 1920, Poland invaded Russian territory, and by 1921, the Russians had no choice but to sign the Treaty of Riga, and Poland gained around 80,000 square kilometers of land. The League of Nations took no action against Poland's open aggression because Russia was not a member of the League and Britain and France were anti-communist. Before I end this episode, I'll speak about two of the League's main failures. Firstly, the League could not stop powerful nations, for example in 1923 when France invaded the Ruhr and Italy occupied Corfu. Secondly, the League was unable to get members to agree to limit the sizes of their armed forces, Additionally, both of the disarmament conferences that they had organised failed, in 1923 because Britain objected, and in 1931 because Germany had walked out. The League also failed in some aspects of their humanitarian work. Firstly, the International Labour Organisation, ILO, tried to persuade members to adopt a maximum 48-hour week, but only a few members adopted it. Secondly, the League's commissions and committees lacked funds, so it was difficult for them to carry out their work. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please consider using the links in the description below to leave a voice message for me, leave feedback for me, or visit my website which hosts additional revision material. Depending on which app you are listening to this on, you could also rate and review the podcast. Thank you.